can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings, Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the January 4th edition of the sunny side of sports. Coming up on Thursday's show, you might say we'll be flexing our muscles in the new year. We have a a report on bodybuilding in Burkina Faso. We'll hear from the marketing director of the Liberia Strongman Federation. And I'll also talk Africa Cup of Nations football with my Ivory Coast-bound colleague, Mukbil Yabaro. We're now nine days away from the opening match between host Ivory Coast and Guinea-Bissau in Abidjan. Well, every new year, people make resolutions to improve their lives. In Burkina Faso's capital, Ouagadougou, a common New Year's goal is to get in better physical shape. Jildas Da met some gym members in the city who say they plan to exercise more in the coming year. Jildas has this story narrated by VOA's Arzuma Kampore. Junior Traore takes small steps and gradually increases his pace as he sweats on the treadmill. Under the guidance of his coach, the young man moves from machine to machine. His objective, to gain more muscle mass in the new year. I weighed 76 kilos when I started. Now I'm 80 kilos. So I put on 4 kilos of mass. In any case, I'm motivated. His coach, Alassane Sandalgo, says he is impressed by Trail Ray's motivation. Coach Sandalgo works at Gautier Gym Fit in Ouagadougou, an upscale neighborhood district in Burkina Faso's capital, Ouagadougou. The gym is reputed to be one of the best, hosting coaches of a certain stature. Among them are no fewer than four African champions in bodybuilding, including Coach Sandalgo. Safura Kampaure, a West African bodybuilding champion, also comes to the gym. She, too, trains clients who want to achieve a dream body and improve their health. There are bikes in store, and I do spin classes, cycling classes that we do in groups with men and women. That's just to stay in shape. We do it three times a Fitness enthusiasts also flock to this venue in the PC district in the western parts of the capital, where Zulaika Traoré perches on a stepper in the middle of her workout. She says her goal for next year is to get fit. Zuleika Traoré is guided by fitness coach Jean Yewo. Many people come to this gym to shed kilos, especially women, says Coach Yewo. After giving birth, the women start to put on weight. So when they come to the gym, the first thing they say, I want to lose weight. 
Whether by losing weight or gaining more muscle, it is clear these fitness-minded Wagale hope to look and feel better in the coming year. For Gildas Da in Wagadugu, Burkina Faso, Orzuma Kampaure, VOA News. From Burkina Faso, let's go to Liberia, where VOA's David Vandy recently had a chance to talk with the marketing director of the Liberia Strongman Federation, Christopher Dampo. David asked Christopher, what inspired you to start the Liberia Strongman Competition? We got inspired when it comes to the Strongman Competition because, you know, Europe, the fitness, the fitness war started from Europe. Uh, but then within Africa, we were, people were just jumping the cats in the back anyhow. Somebody would just go in the gym and just want to get that big body or that muscles and just be, you know, shouting around the place. So the people was like, oh, the body guys are, are these grunto guys, they are rude guys and stuff like that. So uh, thanks to John Morris, she came in the picture and she said, uh, wait, let's see how we can get this thing in an orderly manner and teach people the rightful way to go about this thing. And she came and brought this idea on board and we joined her. And today we were able to form the Liberia Strongman Federation. 2022, Liberia had a yeah. representation at the Arnold Schwarzenegger Strongman event in the USA. So how yeah. did that event influence Liberians to be involved in the Liberia Strongman competition back home? Well, I can tell you for free that that event was a clear blow for Liberia. Just for he representing Liberia out there, he has been a great, great mentor to lots of youth. One, two, uh, just a few weeks from now, we're going to be defending the title. Everybody wants to win the title because we have told them that uh, it's uh, possibly that when you win the title, you will represent Liberia out there. So now everybody has seen the green lights, the love in this sport, and everybody uh, coming on the board. So it, it brought a very green light to Liberia. And, and, and so uh, uh, what does this mean for the country as a whole? Well, right now, uh, this is a recognized sport in the country, but uh, this is a newly sport, so people are not really involved into it. Like we can probably say, uh, there is no uh, budget allocated for this sport within the government. But so far, over the two years, and then no fear representing Liberia out there, when he came back, uh, those certificates and things he took on, we took him to the ministry, we showed it to them, and... uh, Hopefully we can uh, we can see that the this sport is going to have a budget f- from the government office. How are you getting money to keep this event alive if the government is not making it uh, um, official or putting a budget into it? Okay, so the government is not putting uh, no budget into it for now. But this is the proud thing of Africa that we have some uh, partnership and sponsorship. These guys are on board. They are helping us with the little cash they have. Like we have a company here called Rush Energy Drink. This produce a, a good Rush Energy Drink. We also have Aqua Life. And we also have a, a beverage company that's a club beer, you know, that we can vibes and think. Our prayer always that uh, our sponsors should come on board and help us with whatever they have, be it cash or kind. We will appreciate it. That's Christopher Dampo, the marketing director of the Liberia Strongman Federation. And he spoke with VOA's David Vandy on the telephone from Monrovia, Liberia.
Sporty greeting, this is Victor Sime, Super Eagles of Nigeria and Napoli FC forward. You're listening to the sunny side of thoughts on the Voice of America. Victor Osiman, the 2023 African Footballer of the Year, promises to be one of the most watched players at the upcoming Africa Cup of Nations football tournament in Ivory Coast. The Elephants of Ivory Coast will host Guinea-Bissau on January 13th in the opening match in Abidjan. Joining us once again for some Nations Cup insights is my Abidjan-bound colleague, Mukbil Yabaro. Sporty greetings, Mukbil. Sporty greetings, Sonny. Mukbil, let's begin with Oseman and the Super Eagles of Nigeria. I think we have to consider them one of the favorites for the trophy in Ivory Coast. Uh, how do you see the chances of the Super Eagles? I definitely... Um would say that the Super Eagles are one of the teams to watch. Unfortunately, they did not have a very successful uh, first two games for their World Cup qualifiers, but I think that'll actually fuel them in AFCON uh, because folks are kind of talking about them in a way uh, that they're not used to being talked about on the continent as it pertains to football. So this group is... uh, they're part of Group A. It's uh, Nigeria, Super Eagles, uh, Ivory Coast, um, Equatorial Guinea, and Guinea-Bissau. I am predicting, as a ton of other folks are as well, that they should come out of this group alongside Ivory Coast. But anything can happen. Uh good thing that they have going for them is that they have the African Player of the Year, um, Victor Osimen. They also have another African striker, um, another Nigerian striker by the name of Victor Boniface, who plays for Byron Leverkusen, and he is playing phenomenally right now as well. And he is also um, in, a, in, in a couple of lists. They've put him as the top 15 players, one of the top 15 players, top 10. I think he's in there, actually, uh, to watch players to watch in uh, um, AFCON. Yeah. Um, I definitely will be keeping my eye out for the Super Eagles team. I think they will do relatively well um, in this tournament coming up. Mukbil, what about Oseman? Uh Do you think he can uh, kind of uh, use the Nations Cup as, as a springboard after being crowned the king of African football in Marrakesh? I think whenever you win that, it, it, there's a level of, pride that kind of goes along with it right because all these other african players that have played really well i know the moroccan team are going to come out because i'm sure they felt as though uh one of their players should have won african player of the year maybe maybe ziesh or hakimi uh that were you know monstrous in that uh, world cup campaign so usually the world cup is the biggest indicator of a um you know biggest award hence why Messi won the Ballon d'Or because you know his PSG run last year was not really impressive uh, but he won the World Cup and he was the main guy for the Argentinian side um, that being said if the Moroccan team did not win even though their coach won coach of the African coach of the year they might be trying to come out improving a point so everybody that plays Nigeria um will be trying to make their mark on this tournament. Well, Mukbil, uh, one of the players uh, 
I'll be watching and you'll be watching in Ivory Coast is the goalkeeper for Cameroon, Manchester United's Andre Onana. And I understand he's going to have a very busy schedule, at least at the start of the Nations Cup. Tell our sunny side of sports listeners about that. Yeah, um, reports are stating at the moment uh, that Andre Onana has agreed to play two matches in the space of 24 hours um, just to make sure that he's able to maximize and help his Manchester United team before AFCON. Um, you know, a player like Mohamed um, uh, Salah, right? Mo Salah, who's it has been instrumental for Liverpool, um, will be playing for Egypt, and he has he can potentially miss up to eight games um, if you know Egypt makes it all the way to the finals of the AFCON. Um, so because of that, you know, I'm sure Onana is thinking, let me squeeze in the very last potential game that I can against a, you know, very tough opponent in Tottenham Hotspurs. Um, and, you know, it has implications for the higher up portions of the EPL table as well. So he doesn't want to leave his team with their second string goalie. Um, and a part of it also might be, to be honest with you, Sonny, uh, job security. Uh, because if the second string goalie is able to perform better than Onana against a, you know, really hot, hot uh, Tottenham Hotspurs team, uh, he may be questionable because, you know, coming back, you might come back and, and not be able to get back into rotation if they got something good going on. Especially for goalies, it's always scary when they leave for a long period of time, whether it's due to injury or leaving during, um, you know, for whatever other reason they may leave for, whether it's injuries or tournaments. It's, you know, it's it's never fun. Other players have the ability to kind of seamlessly get back into rotation. But goalies, you, you may lose your position um, if you're out for too long. Muckbill, uh, Onana is a member of uh, such a proud football team, the Indomitable Lions of Cameroon, five-time Nations Cup champions. They last lifted the trophy in 2017, and they are part of uh, what I see as a pretty difficult group C uh, at the top is the Lions of Taranga of Senegal, the defending Nations Cup champions. Also in that group is Guinea and Gambia. Uh, how do you see that group playing out? Yeah, that, that that is one of the more difficult groups for sure. Um, if we're just looking at it, you know, Guinea, Guinea's a decent, it's a relatively decent team. Um, you know, if you really look at their last couple of matches as a collective, uh, they, they've had some decent, you know, they've had some decent wins. Um, they played Egypt uh, in, in in June, and they they lost two one, but it was it wasn't a blowout. And Egypt is known for really you know having their way with a bunch of teams. Uh, they they barely barely lost to Algeria one nil. Um, you know, so they beat Ethiopia. Um, you know, they beat Guinea Bissau. They beat Uganda. So they they've been kind of you know relatively doing well um so i'm expecting that they're not going to be a walk in the park 
but nonetheless, we all, for the most part, um, you know, are predicting that um, Senegal and uh, Cameroon should be the two to come out of that group. But if either of them are draw against, uh, you know, Guinea or Gambia um, when they should be winning, then all it really takes is for, you know, one of these two teams to kind of just put together one really good game of 90 minutes uh, and they might be the ones that go through. So anything is possible. Group C is not a fun group to be in. Another uh, competitive group, Muckbill, looks to be Group F. Uh, we have another pride of lions there, the Atlas Lions of Morocco. Uh, you remember, of course, that, that historic run they made at the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar, becoming the first African team to make it to the semifinals. Uh, also in that group is the Democratic Republic of Congo, Zambia, the 2012 Nations Cup champion, and Tanzania. Now, on uh, Wednesday's show, Muckbill, Mike Mubanga, a Zambian football analyst, uh, he really says this is, I don't know if it's a group of death, but it, it's definitely a competitive group. How do you see Group F? Interestingly enough, Sonny, I think what makes this group interesting is that, yeah, Zambia has they they've been they've been decent you know they've they've been uh relatively decent um for the afcon qualifiers uh zambia was able to beat ivory coast actually uh 3-0 in june to me morocco is light years ahead of the rest of the pack um if they're able to get the job done and do what they're supposed to do in all of their games they should be able to collect points uh, three points from every team here. Um, that's that that's that's what I see. But um, outside of that, I would say mm, DR Congo, Tanzania, and Zambia. Yeah, they're 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 all in that fight for that second spot. Um, you know, Tanzania's really one of their first go arounds, kind of um, in the uh, in in um, Afcon for a while. And I'm sure they're going to want to prove that, hey, we're a team that needs to be here. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see what they end up doing. Um, I, I know that Tanzania and Morocco uh, played in the World Cup qualifiers, um, and they they lost to Morocco 2-0. So, you know, sometimes maybe when you end up uh, playing a team already, you kind of have an idea of, what to expect from them. So maybe that might help them, uh, you know, trying to play them again. Uh, if you maybe go in, into it with a different mentality. Sometimes, you know, Sonny, interestingly enough, it's not all about, it's not always about getting the win. You know, sometimes we don't really, you know, I love coaches that think, look, maybe we look for pockets of counterattacking but really, let's defend as well as we can to just get points from this team and draw, just so we don't lose. So if you go into it with that mentality, sometimes you may be able to collect more points than other teams that are really going all out. When you attack fully a team as devastating as Morocco that are really good on the counter may make you pay uh, really, really bad. So I'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what they end up uh, uh, doing. Muck Bill, as you pack your bags for Abidjan, 
I encourage you uh, to bring some shorts, maybe a T-shirt, and also maybe an umbrella. Looks like uh, lots of rain in the forecast uh, in Abidjan. Uh, right now on Thursday, uh, temperatures about 90 degrees Fahrenheit, 32 degrees Celsius. Player like Onana coming from Europe, uh, Muckbill, uh, to these hot temperatures in Abidjan. Uh, do you see him uh, acclimating quickly or will will it be a problem for him? I think if it's a player that is originally from the continent, or just a just a regular. Let's just say I give myself an example, right? Prior, let's not even put the players in there. Just me, <laughs> right? Like, me, like yeah, you know, I I, I love the heat. Uh, so whenever I have an opportunity to go from winter to summer, you know, I jump at it. Um, I think it's more difficult the other way around, where if you're going from a warmer climate to playing the cold, you might not be able to adjust as fast. But the heat. You know, if you're African, I think you're going to be all right. I think I think the boys will be fine. And I think all the players on the continent that are they're all from the continent. Uh, they, they love them some sun. So it's not going to be too difficult for them. I don't <laughs> think uh, so I'm sure they're looking forward to uh, to some warmth as well. In terms of uh, organization, Muckbill, uh, do you see uh, this upcoming Nations Cup as, as being well run and uh, things going smoothly? Um, at the moment, it's, it's it's a difficult call simply because I don't know what it's going to look like on the ground. Um, but from an organizational standpoint, it seems as though everything is, you know, moving, you know, in the right direction. But it, it can easily get out of control simply because uh, if the infrastructure is not really there, you know, it won't be as easy for when mishaps or things don't go accordingly for them to be able to fix them in real time. So. I'm just interested to see what it'll look like uh, once I get there, uh, see what the stadium setups are like and, you know, media press rooms and, and such, what the accessibility will be like for us as media. Um, but, you know, I'll be making sure to keep you guys updated uh, continually as well. More than anything else, I'm just excited to to be able to watch some amazing football and uh, get to experience the culture of Cote d'Ivoire. Finally, Muck Bill, uh, I was uh, chatting with Peter Cloti, our colleague, uh, right before the show, and Peter was telling me there's daily bus service from Accra to Abidjan. Uh, it's not too far between those two cities. Do you see uh, maybe football fans from some of the neighboring countries uh, around Ivory Coast uh, coming to the tournament? Wow, that's actually amazing. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, if there's close proximity and, and, and the job has been made easy for entrance, uh, I, I think that'll be, that, that will be amazing. And I think uh, these neighboring countries would have the best possibility of having some of their fan support, you know. So if, if that's the case, I would be excited to, you know, have a conversation with some, some fellow Ghanaians, you know, some Ghanaians <laughs> that are making their way from Accra to, to converse about, you know, but nonetheless, it, it is something that is feasible if you're just making the trek over there uh, to to just get in and then, you know, watch your team and stay in Abidjan for a couple of days and then make your way back out. There's, they also have flights as well. So that would be my option, preferably, you know, <laughs> hours and change for the flight. <laughs> 
The Abidjan bound Mukbil Yabro talking Africa Cup of Nations, the 34th edition, will kick off on January 13th in Abidjan. Thank you, Mukbil. Thanks, Sunny. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook, X, formerly known as Twitter, and at VOAAfrica.com. My Facebook address is Facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. My X, formerly known as Twitter handle, is at VOA Sunny Sports. And if you go to VOAAfrica.com, you can listen online to the sunny side of sports as well as past episodes. Check out VOAAfrica.com for lots of Africa news. For world news, go to VOANews.com. I'm Larry London, and uh, coming up, I've got a special guest on the show on Friday. You're not going to want to miss the show Friday, which is going to feature Taylor Swift's biggest hits. Uh, She's nominated for a number of Grammy Awards again. She's a mega superstar and a billionaire. So tune us in on Border Crossings for Taylor Swift, starting at 1500 Universal here on the VOA Africa Network. Pro basketball, plenty of offense and lots of points scored Wednesday night in the NBA. As we hear now from the AP's Tom Merriam. It was a high-scoring night in the NBA with five teams scoring at least 140 points and five others in the 130s. One of those games saw the Pacers outscore the Bucks 142-130. Tyrese Halliburton ignited the Indiana offense with 31 points and 12 assists. When we play in transition, we're a really tough team to beat, and um, I thought we did that. Tonight, probably better than we have against these guys probably all year. The highest scoring game was in Utah, where the Jazz and Pistons combined for 302 points, with Utah prevailing in overtime 154-148. The Hawks won a 141-138 shootout over the Thunder. The Cavaliers routed the Wizards 140-101. Other NBA winners included the Kings, Clippers, Rockets, Raptors, Pelicans, and the Knicks, who overcame a halftime deficit against the Bulls for coach Tom Thibodeau. Second half, much better. Uh, just hitting the first open man and letting that guy make the play. Um, then I thought we were, were a lot better, and then our defense got going a little bit in the second half. The Lakers and Trailblazers were the only teams that failed to score 100, losing to the Heat and Mavericks. Thank you, Tom Merriam. In the western U.S. city of Phoenix, Arizona, the Los Angeles Clippers beat the Phoenix Suns. The AP's George Tanner reports from Phoenix. Paul George led the way with 33 points. Kawhi Leonard added 30 as the Clippers defeated the Suns 131-122. The Clippers have now won four straight games in 13 of the last 15 to improve their record to 21-12. and But George says they still can get better. This is a team that's not content on where we're at. 
we're always asking questions on how can we get better, what we got to do. Um, and we work. You know, we've this been a group that's been work. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's cliche, but sky's the limits for this group. Devin Booker led the Suns with a game-high 35. We got to start games better with a sense of urgency um, and just be ready for the fight. Um, you know, we are fighting uphill battle the whole game, and, you know, we showed some things in the second half of, you know, what it, what it looks like when we turn up the energy and we turn up the intensity. George Cheddar, Phoenix. Thanks, George. In one of those high-scoring NBA games Wednesday night, the Sacramento Kings beat the visiting Orlando Magic 138-135 to in double overtime. Paolo Banchero, the 2023 NBA Rookie of the Year, who Muckbill Yabro and I talked about on Wednesday's show, scored a career-high 43 points for Orlando, but it was not enough. DeMontis Sabonis, the son of Hall of Fame basketball player Arvidas Sabonis, tallied his seventh triple-double of the season, 22 points, 23 rebounds, and 12 assists. The Kings improved their record to 20 wins and 13 losses. The Magic has 19 victories and 15 defeats. The Boston Celtics have the NBA's best record, 26 wins and 7 losses. The Minnesota Timberwolves are next with a record of 24 wins and 9 losses. And that wraps up the January 4th edition of the show. Thanks to producer and sunny side of sports analyst Muckbill Yabaro. Thanks also to engineer Saida Hamdoun. And thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports. I get it.